This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. We're hot. We're fun. We're crying. But we're trying. We've got books. We've got books. Also, we're sad. Sad Sad girls who read. What up, sad girls? Hey, sad girls. So we're having watermelon spritzes that Mm -hmm, Erin made. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just said to her, did you know that alcohol affects your REM sleep? I quite literally, like, looked up to the ceiling and chugged like a little BB. She said, I don't give a fuck. And you know what else fucks with REM sleep? Depression. (laughs) So what would I rather have fuck with it? One thing, two things. Three things, four things, everything. Everything. Oh, my God. Allegra came over. I haven't seen her in so long. I fucking love her. She brought over our merch, and it's so freaking cute. Perfect. So we're going to start selling that soon. Yes. You guys are going to freak out. Like, you're going to freak out. Like, this is the sweatshirt I've needed my whole life. Literally. Mm-hmm. 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 What was our book this week? Paris, the fucking memoir. Oh, my God. Like, I don't even... I'm speechless. Mm-hmm. So, to be very candid, like, I didn't know much about Paris, and I was kind of skeptical. I was like, who is this girl? Like... I love The Simple Life. I used to watch that in high school, was obsessed. But I didn't know much about her. And boy, was my mind changed. I respect her so much. So fucking much. I think that out of every book that we have read, she, to me, is like the most resilient human being. Oh my being. God. Absolutely. Like fucking beyond anything that anyone could comprehend what she has been through. I mean, it's reminding me of a little life in some ways. Like, one of the things that Jude went through could have been enough to completely alter his life. But she went through, like, 20 things. Literally. Thing after thing after thing after thing. Wait, before we get into that, how was your week, Allegra? I need to stop doing that. I noticed it on a TikTok. Why do I go... Before I talk, do you do that? I don't notice that. I'm scared for my life. I can't do it. I say like a lot. I feel like, ah, just said it, when you record or you're listening to yourself more than usual. But I heard it on a TikTok the other day. I started talking Everyone does that. So then? Everyone does that. Okay, well, let's pray for me. I need a speech pathologist. (laughs) You need God. (laughs) Literally, I need fucking Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. Um, My week has been sad, but also good. Good. I'm not going to talk about why I was sad, but I cried for like literally an hour and a half um, on Monday. See, I did it again. I didn't even hear it. I'm clicking my tongue. But everyone does things. Do you think? Everyone does things. I hope it's not a tick. Okay, that's your OCD telling. Uh, no, that's us. That's people have different ways they speak and d- noises. Okay, you're they right. Make. Maybe this is just me. If anyone's a speech pathologist, let me know. Oh I was Allegra. sad. I cried. I'm, but I'm definitely sad because my therapist is going on vacation for two <gasps> weeks. Mine's going on vacation too. Or you think they're going together? They're, going to- they're running away. They're like, Lori. get us away from these <laughs> crazies. That's literally what I said. I was like, you have to just be like running. They didn't know each hills. other, and they listened to our podcast. They found each other. They said, okay, we need to get away <laughs> like, from them. Quick. We need to run as fast as we can. They are unhinged. <laughs> Where's yours going? I don't know. She didn't. I don't ask her. Oh, I do. Oh, I don't. I, I want to know. That, I want to track your location. Where's she going? No, I would never. She's going to Santa Barbara. She said. Okay, lit. I'm like gonna literally. She's gonna look to the right in the pool, and then I'm gonna Maybe. be there. Hi, I need help with this one thing. Um, she's like, God damn it, Allegra. Well, I need you, sweetie. Sweetie pie, there are no breaks for me. Why were you sad, Allegra? Was it OCD, anxiety, depression? Which it was trio? something that I really wanted that I'm not going to disclose and it did not come to fruition and it made me really sad. It was a person that I wanted to, I guess, have a certain kind of relationship with and I can't. So that made me really sad, but I also regrouped and I'll figure it out. It's really heartbreaking though to 
have so much hope for someone and put invest your energy into that mm-hmm. person and think about what it could have been. Yeah. So I understand why you were upset about that. I cried for an hour and a half at, like at my office. That's good though <laughs> that you can let yourself cry. Like I don't cry for that long. I feel like I'm like suppressing things. I don't know. I have no issue crying and I will cry and I will cry and I will cry. She will cry and she will cry and she that will is, cry. That might be a sign of like clinical no, severe it's, depression. It's, it's good you're releasing things from your body. Like the Barbie movie, crying. She said it it was achy, but it felt good. Oh my God. Yes. And this reminds me of Tampon Gate. Oh Tampon God. Gates. Okay. Y'all need to buckle. buckle but like literally put your seatbelts on. Get your little re- head rest on the roller coaster. Secure yourself in. It's a wild ride. It's so a ride. This I'm episode upset. is actually sponsored by Tampax. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored that by Mount Sinai. Killed me. No, literally sponsored by the urgent care that had to pull the tampon out of my vagina. <laughs> so okay, so we have been sick. We've had to like reschedule the podcast, sick, which is why sick. these last two weeks it's coming out on a Friday. So I was sick for over a week at this point, and I wasn't even going to go to urgent care. That's the wild thing. My friend Allie was at urgent care. I told you to go, though. Yeah. I was like, no, like are you even saying you're sick? Me. You're like, I've never been this tired in my entire life. No, I was so fatigued. I was convinced I had COVID. I took a COVID test. It was negative. And so Allie was at urgent care for bronchitis, and she said, you may as well just go in case you need meds. I was like, fuck it. Everyone's sick, by the way. Right. Yeah. Everyone is sick. So I – and also a lot of people got sick from the conference. It's like a lot of yeah. people in one area. So. I go to urgent care, and first of all, this woman does not know how to take my fucking blood pressure. She put it on mm. so tight. Urgent care is scary. Terrifying. No so she does it twice. City and MD. And then, yes, yeah, City yeah. MD. Terrifying. And so the, like, doctor comes in eventually and says, like, are you having a UTI? Like, your blood pressure is really low. We might need oh, to do, man. like, heart monitoring, and I need you to pee in this cup. I'm over here, like, I thought I fucking had COVID. Why am I peeing in a cup? And so you're like, you're pregnant. Cup. She kept going, are you sure you're not? <gasps> Bitch, I am not. I'm positive no one's entered. Sweetie. No one has entered the chat. No one has okay? entered my home and not since my home. 1999. Not 1999. Four and a half years. Allegra. Yeah. 1999? <laughs> it was a joke. Oh, I was like, holy <laughs> shit. You were nine. You were five, honey. Are you okay? Do we need to talk? <laughs> Do we need to discuss Lori. something? <laughs> Elizabeth and Lori, they're like, we ran away. <laughs> never to be seen from We're again. never coming back. <laughs> Lori is changing her number. I call I call Elizabeth address. and Lori and just she's stop contacting us. <laughs> Please. I've had enough. Please. <laughs> okay, so at the okay. doctor. So I pee in the cup, they go and test it, and she comes back and she says, you know, there's white and red blood cells in your pee. Are you sure that you're not on your period or pregnant? Bitch, I fucking told you none of the above. <laughs> Were you so scared? Says, like, that's kind of scary. You know, I actually was a little bit scared. And so she said that I tested negative for strep, for COVID, everything. She's like, I have to send the pee out, but just go home. Like, there's really nothing we can do. Come back if it gets worse. So I leave. And I'm like thinking about my fucking vagina. Like, what could this be? Why is she so fixated on my urine? And then I realized. Oh, my God. I was, okay, this is, like, probably CMI, but, like, we all do it. I was masturbating, okay? Like, it was probably five days prior to going to the doctor. And I felt something in my vagina. But I, like, I thought that maybe it was just, like, tissue. But I literally spent, like, 20 minutes Googling. like Tissue why is, doesn't just get Why is there, like, a there? ball in my vagina? Like, why is there, like, I literally thought, like, I was actually scared. But we're taught so little about my, like, about our vaginas. Yeah. that I was like, is this, like. It's like a black hole. The, yeah. I was like, is this, like, the G-spot? Is this, like, you know, like, is it, like, vaginal tissue? Like, what the fuck is it? I just let it go. I dropped it. Well, in that moment, while talking to my friend, thank God for girls. Yeah. She was like, what did the ball in your vagina feel like? Like, we talk about these things. Yeah. Clicked immediately. I was on my period at the OCD conference, <gasps> and I, like, my flow was, like, so light by that point that I put in a tampon, and I think I just, I never took it out. So I go home, go fishing, and I found the fucking tampon. I couldn't get it out. It was too far up. So I go back to urgent <gasps> care. I, I look at the doctor in the waiting room and I say, I think I figured out what's wrong with me. And she's like, just stares at me blankly. <laughs> so in front of everyone in the waiting room, I'm like, yeah, I've had a tampon in for two weeks. So they take me back. This bitch opens me up. She sees the tamp and she fishes the it out. Tamp. And that is my life. I never want to use a tampon again. 
That's like one of my worst I was fears. so fatigued. And I said to the doctor, I was like, I don't know how to describe it, but my muscles are like burning and shaking. Like I would get like really hot flashes and my muscles would start to shake. And I literally just thought it was COVID. Oliver, but I think, you can die I know. From that. I think I was going into toxic shock and I'm actually scared because if Allie hadn't that day been at the doctor, yeah. I probably would have Wouldn't just... Wouldn't have gone. No. And like you can get severely ill and like even in your sleep it can happen oh my you can God, go into like so septic scary. shock i know that is so fucking scary tampon gate but it's happened to so many people that's oh, why i, I want to normalize it yeah and we need to like talk about it and think about it and right because women do like eight thousand things how am i supposed to remember, remember that there's yeah a tampon in me as i'm like speaking at all these panels yeah. and it's it's the last thing i'm thinking about and you're supposed to change it every like eight hours like how the fuck are you supposed to remember that literally never want to wear a tampon oh God, again. that is so scary and the irony is like i hardly wore tampons during that period because i was just fucking over it uh-huh. it's like the one period that i wore like virtually no tampons and it's like the one wow. tampon that gets stuck my <laughs> trainer today goes how did you not notice that bitch because a tampon's not a dildo no no a lot of guys i don't actually say the same thing they're like wouldn't you notice it i'm like no you don't feel, feel it, it. Yeah. it's not like there's a dick up yeah. there you know but I did, when it came out, I felt like a new woman. Let me tell you, Oof. when I birthed my child. That must have, holy shit. That's so scary. She was like, your vaginal wall is so dry. Yeah, bitch, no shit. I've had cotton up there for two and a half weeks. <laughs> cotton gate. But that was my week. So how was your week? I really Pumpkin am muffin. so glad you figured that out because I'm like anxious thinking about all of that. My week was fine. I've had some. It hasn't been fine. It's. It was. It was dark. It was dark. Um. I'm like feeling like okay today, so I'm gonna like try to ride that wave. But yeah, I've just been having some ride the wave. Difficult, difficult times. You know, it's it's a difficult time out there. Uh, the strike. I want to bring this up for strike. you. The strike. So your literal career has been put my on hold. union is on strike because actors and writers are not paid enough and did you know that 98 percent of actors in the union sag do not make enough money to qualify for health insurance health insurance is only not only but only 26 or twenty eight thousand dollars a year so below the poverty line um in new york at least you can get food stamps um when you're making less than that. So basically none of the actors in New York or 98% are not, they don't have health insurance. They're not working. They're not making money even if they are working. So something's got to change. And these heads of Netflix, of all the big companies, Disney, are making billions and billions of dollars. And just not paying the actors at all. Like they're not asking, the actors aren't asking for a shit ton of money they're asking for a livable wage so yeah i went to a rally this week it was fun brian cranston daddy spoke he was inspirational we love him i stood next to so many fucking famous people wait who fill me in do you know who bridget everett is the comedian no that's her name i don't like comedians after they roasted paris in this way no not all of them do that i know i know you you know who this is look bridget everett She's funny as shit. Not our gal, Paris. No, I've never seen. Oh my her. god, she's so funny. Um, do you know Cicely Strong from SNL? No, she, she was standing by me. Oh, do you watch Abbott Elementary? You watch No TV. I don't watch TV, but someone actually told me to watch Abbott. It's Elementary. one of the funniest okay. shows ever. Okay. Also, like you could play a track on that show if you were an actor. You There's think? a really funny um, woman who's from philly that like makes me laugh i have to say i'm gonna shout out myself in this (laughs) so when i was working in pr my client's manager dead on looked at me in one of our like group meetings and said why are you behind the scenes you're like cut out for reality yeah definitely honey i said sign me the fuck up allegra's using my mic tonight that you hold and she's really excited about holding it she's like i love holding a mic i really think that a reality show about me would flourish what's it called haven't thought about it yet intrusive thoughts no something allegra wait it would just be called allegra allegra and the city wait did you see the i was screaming we both oh we both saw barbie but i saw it today the part in barbie where barbie's Ah. like depressed i was 
actually howling. Like depression Barbie. Depression Barbie. And then they go at the end, like, also accompanied by OCD. Did you hear that? So good. So good. OCD, Shout out anxiety, to my mental illness. Shout out to my brain. I loved Barbie. Holy oh. tits. It's my favorite movie it's, I've seen in years. I have to say, yeah. Like, you know I don't watch TV and movies. It's number one. I usually go to movies at the theater and it's like, oh, that was cool, but I enjoy the food more. I know that sounds fucked up, but like... Popcorn is... Lit. Bon this movie, like, I could see it three times this week and it would not get old. I'm going to see it again definitely, like, this week. I love when the guy punched her and she popped back. I'm like, if there's yes. any representation of me in the movie, that's it. I was screaming. Me and my friend Kathy were screaming at the end when they take her to – They, I thought it was a job interview and they dropped her off. I didn't know off. it was happening and it took me a second to get it. Oh, my God. I, I was like, oh, my God, she's applying to work at Mattel. Like, she's applying to be president. She's she's going to an interview for something. And she was just at the gyno because when you're a Barbie, you don't have a vag. Yes, yes. I was and screaming. my friend also said because it shows, like – all of the fucking shit that women have to go through. Hell yeah. Tampon gate. Tampon gate. Has a man ever had a tampon stuck up their fucking pee-pee? Probsy's not. Probs not. Okay, go see Barbie. Go see Barbie. We love Greta Gerwig. We love her. We just talked for like 20 minutes. But um, people love our talking so much more than the books. I feel like half the time, so this is good. Do you guys like the books or do you like us? Us. Comment below. Let us know, baby. Buy us a coffee. No one's buying us coffee. Yeah, okay. If you're listening to this, I'm fucking (laughs) sick and tired of waking up to nothing in my bank account. I wake up sad. I go to sleep sad. Buy us a coffee. Buy us a fucking coffee. And by coffee, just like get some caffeine in our veins so we can do better. That's Do my better. toxic trait. I got a hot coffee this morning hot? with my trainer. Interesting choice. And then, no, no, but it was this morning. 95 I, degrees I always out. start hot and then end cold. Interesting choice. And then I went and got another. I'm like, why am I spending this much money? Okay, Paris, Paris the fucking memoir. So before we get into it, I want to know, like, what your thoughts, what did you know about or think about Paris Hilton? Slurp that, baby. Slurp, slurp. This is ASMR. We're also going to need to be paid for it. Our talents don't go unnoticed. We're going to create an OnlyFans ASMR account. What did I think of Paris? Yeah. What did you know about her? What was your perception? What did, like, what was, yeah, what did you think about her before reading this? I mean, I watched A Simple Life, like I said. I never did, and I wish I fucking did. Oh, my God. I love it. I've seen clips, and it's fucking hysterical. When they call out of work, sorry, hon, we can't make it today. Actually, we're never coming back. Bye, love. My best, like literally me. I was, I used to fucking want to be them. Her and Nicole. I wanted to be Nicole Richie. Actually, that was who I loved. I loved both of them. But me and my best friend from high school were like, we idolized them. We were like, Sana, 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 like all the shit that they did. They were silly little girls. But besides that, I didn't really know much. I always just assumed the part that she played on Simple Life was actually her, and that she was just like a spoiled, lazy heiress, which is fucked up of me to just assume that a thousand percent yeah what did you think about her i had honestly really my perception of her was based on like what we saw in the media i didn't even Mm. know that much about paris hilton other than a couple of things number one is the dress she wore to her 21st birthday fucking dead on the floor it's in the book it's like julian mcdonald oh yes yes, yes. do you know like the silver and she had the choker kendall jenner redid it okay that the DUI, which was so sad. I feel like we saw that picture of her crying in the cop car yeah. everywhere. Yeah. The sex tape. Apparently, she made Kim Kardashian, which is so interesting. Kim was her nanny. Did you know that when she's talking? No. Or not her nanny. Kim was her closet redecorator. When you read in the Oh, book. yes, yes, yes. Okay. And then, I, like, I honestly didn't know much else about her. I will say I've met her once when I was a publicist. I would cover for this other publicist and she was that publicist client. She was so lovely, Mm. like worked so hard, really kind. And the baby voice and like that perception is definitely not who she is. Mm. Like that's what I saw that day working with her is it's absolutely a persona. And she owns up to that in the book. Yeah. I appreciate that because if you think that's just all she is, it's hard to invest in her. Yeah, you know. she's so much more than that. Totally. I and we're trying her. to get her on the podcast. Please, Paris. Paris, if you're out there, buy us a coffee. I'm just kidding. Paris, if you're out there, Paris, come we're on. Poor. Please come on the pod. Paris, we want to talk to you. We're Fucking sad girls. love her. Okay, what are your overall impressions of the book? 
This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. Okay, so like the first uh, 50 pages was hard for me to get into. I was like, is this just going to be like stories about her partying and all the things she's bought and all the famous people she's met? It was, I, I was a little cringed in the beginning. But then she starts to get into the juicy stuff and the real stuff and the vulnerable stuff. And I was hooked. Hooketh. Like, for 200 pages, I was flying through it. I read it so quickly. So quickly. You normally finish the books before me, but I finished Mm -hmm. it so quickly. She did. I loved the prologue, how her ADHD played out when she was writing. Yes, yes. I think that's so brilliant to show people what it's like to have ADHD literally Mm -hmm. through your writing. Mm -hmm. She kept, like, going from one thing to another. Yes. So, like, distracted. Yes. I also agree that the first 30 to 40 pages was difficult for me. But I think it was necessary because it almost was like, this is what people think of me versus now this is who I am. Totally. You know, and we get that first like skydiving scene that made me so, so, so sad Mm. when she was afraid to say that she couldn't skydive because she wanted to put on a show for other people. And that's what she's been doing for her entire life life, is putting on a show. That makes me immensely sad for her so 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 sad but she has adhd i really enjoyed hearing about her experience with adhd we don't really talk about adhd as a mental illness in the mainstream media i don't know many people openly with adhd i don't know a lot about it i don't know a lot of women that have it do you yeah i think because i'm on instagram as like a mental health therapist i'm seeing more and more of it and it's talked about more and more but I absolutely agree with what Paris said. I think that it was assessed for in boys much more so. Yeah. And it wasn't assessed for in women. So we don't hear about it as much. And girls, I think, are underdiagnosed because of it. Especially in her, in the generation she grew up in. It was so disgusting how the parents would just, and the doctors would brush it off as a troubled kid, a bad kid. A, a, right, instead of a like nuisance a, a differently abled kid yeah and like okay so this is my kid is x y and z mm-hmm. what is this about mm-hmm. it just and that but that is if you think about it that is what people think like you're supposed to have a normal brain and if you differ if you're neurodivergent in any which way mm-hmm. then like you're fucked up like think about 40 years ago if we had ocd we would be in yeah. psych wards literally like nobody would know No, no one knew how to talk about it. And it really broke my heart. We'll get into it. But the way that her family not only didn't support her, but kind of banished her. Yeah. Um, She also has intrusive thoughts. So do we, Paris. Actually, and that's a thing. I will say I get asked this a lot on my Instagram. People will say, well, I get intrusive thoughts, too, because I have ADHD. Like, what's the difference between mm -hmm. that and OCD? When Mm -hmm. I saw that, I was like, Paris. Yeah. Gorge, gorge. Okay, Allegra, what does it teach a child... If you're growing up, you are neurodivergent, you have ADHD, and your parents call you a problem. What is that? I mean, obviously, it instills in you something's wrong with me, but what would be a better way to parent a child who had this? Number one is, like, let's figure out what this is about. Mm -hmm. Like I just said, like, let's figure out what's going on and it's not being problematic. It's what it means to live with a brain that functions differently than somebody else's brain. So -hmm. let's figure out what's going on. And when we figure this out, can we take steps to like help you live in this world? And it's like, you don't need to change. Perhaps the world around you needs to change. The way we help you go about it. Right. Like I know that there are specific um, schools that are really great with ADHD. I think now there are like, you know, behavioral accommodations that you can get how can we like work around this and help you with this instead of you need to change? And I think what's fucked for girls and what we saw is that like we were taught, like you must be pretty, you must sit still, Mm -hmm, you must be mm -hmm. quiet. And she quite literally wasn't capable of that. So it's not just the ADHD, but then you're met with this like societal expectation of what it means to be a girl. Mm -hmm. 
then she was fucked. She stood no chance. It makes like, be me curious so about why your kid is exhibiting X, Y, and Z behaviors. They also, I know she kept saying throughout the whole book, like, I forgive my parents. They tried their best. I don't. But, yeah, I, I, I don't. They cared more about their reputation and maintaining their Hilton name than caring for their child. That's how I felt. Slurred. Yeah, and we see it play out later in the book when yeah. she's at the, like, these horribly abusive schools. And mm-hmm. the only reason that she got taken out a couple of months before she turned 18 is because she said she was going to tell the story to the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. You care more about the Wall Street Journal knowing than you do your own child who has literally told you so many times that she me. is being abused and raped. <sighs> I can't with her fucking parents. Yeah, I can't. And it gives uh, us so much, like, the backstory is so important because, like you said, I think everybody thinks, like, oh, she's a dumb, rich heiress. Mm-hmm. And she did not have an easy childhood no, in not a at lot all. of ways. Like, as not she says, she had privilege, she had money. You know, there were a lot of things that she had, but she isn't this, like, dumb heiress that just got handed this life. She had a brutal fucking life growing up. That's the role the media wanted to cast her in because that was the easiest thing for them. It sold the most magazines. That, yeah, her and Brittany and Lindsay. Like it was so the troubled girls. There we go. I that the picture of the three of them in the car Iconic. also lives on. Iconic. But how fucked is it that like like the thing that I remember about her is her crying in the car when she got a DUI. Same the mugshot. Right? Like, yeah, that was what the media wanted us to see. This troubled, mm-hmm. fucked up party girl. I feel like also in the 2000s that was the thing. The paparazzi was a different beast because phones weren't so accessible that people they got millions for those paparazzi shots. And I used to work in PR, so like I'm privy to this. Yeah. I'm not going to say who, but there was when I worked at this PR firm <laughs> My boss had a friend who was a pap, and he got a picture of this actress. It was a Disney star smoking a cigarette at a club and wanted to sell it. And my boss said, she's my friend. Like, please don't sell that. But that's how fucked it is, is they exploit people's, like, vulnerable moments, and they get paid fucking millions, and then the person in that image gets nothing. 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 doesn't make sense to me. It It's very upsetting. Her family also was just as vicious as the paparazzi, I think. She didn't feel like she fit in to her family at all. She felt, she said on page 61, the Hilton name was important to them and to me. I wanted to be a Hilton, but I wanted to be Paris too. I feel like her family was always trying to strip her of who she was and not embracing her individuality. And she felt a lot like the black sheep of the family. Allegra, I want to ask you, did you have you ever felt like that in your family? I am the fucking black sheep. I'm the same sheep. I'm the blue sheep. I'm every I'm fucking the color. Sheep. Literally, I so hard related to so much of this book, but that for sure. I get that. And and especially for me, like I feel like I view what happened growing up differently than my siblings, or perhaps mm. I have more access to it because I've been in so much therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think I was also treated differently than my siblings. Mm-hmm. And that was Paris. She mm-hmm. got treated much differently than her siblings did. Yeah. She was this problem to be taken care of. She was the identified patient. I was the identified patient in my mm-hmm. family. It's like the one that's fucked up that you can blame everything, everything on. on. Yeah, that's, I was the IP. That's so unfair. Okay, should we move into... Oh, the sexual violence. The sexual violence was abundant. Trigger warning, sexual assault and violence. Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, It broke me. It broke me. Here's the thing. She grew... Paris grew up mm. in a family where her mom wouldn't talk about sex, wouldn't talk about reproductive health. It was dirty. It was disgusting. It was shameful. It was secretive. Did you ever feel that way growing up? Or was your mom, like, super open about it? Mm. If I asked, she would tell me, but it wasn't it wasn't hush hush like this family. I knew families where it was like hush hush hush, don't say anything about it. But then how are you gonna expect your kid well, that's to it. have safe yeah, sexual sex. experience if you're not gonna talk to them about it? Right, and then sex becomes shameful, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you have to be secretive, then sex becomes this bad, shameful thing. And she said that she entered the exploratory phase, which is perfectly natural, feeling secretive and ill-informed. And she thought that 
you know, sex is an adult thing. It's about keeping secrets. Mm. So being an adult must mean that we keep secrets. And that really set her up for what happened next, which was so awful. It makes me... I keep saying it makes me so sad, but really, so much of this book was heartbreaking. She lost her innocence so young with a fucking pedophile teacher at her school. Ugh. The teacher was foul. And then after he does all this stuff to her, he blames her. He said, why did you make me do this? Are you kidding me? Which is so often what happens. Mm. The woman or the child is the one to blame. And we see this so often in Paris's story. Yeah. It always becomes about, well, why didn't you speak up? Why were you wearing that? Why did you let that happen? And so basically, they're making out in the car. Mm -hmm. Just the image of the headlights flashing on them. Like, oh, my God. I know, my heart. Yeah, anxiety, (laughs) dread. And then her parents never bring it up again. That's... Uh, like, do you really negligence. believe they didn't know like, that that was the teacher? I mean, to me, word had to have gotten back to school. They ignored a lot. I yeah. really question their morals as the book goes on. Yeah. They knew a lot more than they said that they did. And I don't I don't trust them. Yeah. I feel like it was negligent. Like, there's nothing to say. First of all, it was, again, shameful, like you making out with someone. But also, I'm sure with how ostracized she was at school after that word mm-hmm. got back to them that it was the fucking teacher yeah she was the one that all the girls hated and they took all their anger out on her and then the mom apparently claims that she never knew it was the teacher and was shocked to find out i just don't buy it and be a better parent if you didn't know then you're not parenting correctly right and have a conversation with your kid to never bring mm. it up again feels so neglectful i'm sure the shame paris felt she felt like it was her fault especially being sent away after that right, and she was groomed yeah oh and then got oh she got sent away to her grandma's Graham house cracker oh i love their I relationship love yeah <laughs> Graham cropper <laughs> Graham Cracker. I love Graham Cracker. That's the cutest little name. Graham Crapper? Graham Cracker. Oh, it's so cute. It's so sweet. But even that sends the message that, like, any kind of sexual intimacy is mm-hmm. bad and wrong, and you're going to be shunned from society mm-hmm. and sent away for that. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I mean, this is setting her up for a fucking terrible relationship with sex. And with men, as we And see. it just gets worse. So page 52, uh, the two choices her and Marilyn were offered, she... she Compared herself to Marilyn, which I love. It's fucking incredible. Should I read it? Yeah, read it. Okay. She says, it's infuriating to me now to think about how readily Marilyn and I both accepted the narrative about our physical appearance being the excuse for someone else's criminal behavior. Mm. But how could we not? We were given a choice. A, you're a stupid child who was deceived, used, and thrown away like garbage. B, you're an irresistible siren whose beauty and allure have the power to change someone's mind, sway their soul, and alter their behavior. Given the choice between victim and influencer, Marilyn and I embraced our siren selves. But isn't that the fucking truth? She was so embarrassed thinking about the situation with the teacher. It wasn't her fault. Right. And she thought it was. She was a child. And when she said, Paris is a fucking good writer by the way yeah when she said that her teachers were supposed to be like security guards Mm -hmm. in an art gallery Mm -hmm. they are not supposed to be adoring the work touching the work their job is to protect the work yeah like blew my mind and every kid deserves that she didn't get that she didn't get that uh uh, and that would have been enough by the way that would have been enough to kill someone but then she to kill gets, someone, Allegra. No, I mean, like, that would have been enough to, like, destroy someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> and the story changes. And Allegra murdered someone. <laughs> but then she was drugged and sexually assaulted. Mm. They all blurred together. It happened so many times that I'm, like, forgetting some it's of them. It's so traumatizing. He kept forcing her. He kept saying, drink this berry Oh, cooler, yes, drink this yes, berry yes. Cooler. Like, don't be a baby. Don't do this. Don't do that. I don't like I don't like to drink drinks that people give me, especially no, if it's a man. It scares me. Yeah, no, especially if it's a man because date raping and drugs like that mm. are actually prevalent. Allegra, you wrote that you wanted to talk about Oh my god. How men Paris. make you compl- complicit? There are two things that really stood out to me. Number one is I fucking love that she talked about how men try to quote unquote make you complicit, essentially by like you know this thing that they are sexually assaulting people 
Mm. And then if you're not talking about it, if you're not telling someone, then you feel like you've now done something wrong. It's your fault. It's for your the fault. next person. That's exactly it. And I have felt that. Like I told you, the dude in Hollywood that like took my phone, whatever, that whole thing that happened. And like a year ago, I was Googling him and I had that same like wash of dread come over me. Like I should have said something so that this doesn't happen to someone else. But it's not my fucking job to do that. It's his job not to assault people. There you go. And that's what she says. And, you know, I love that she said it's so brave that these women opened up with me too. But like every woman gets to tell her story in a way or not tell her story. When she wants if she's ready. Right. And it's not her responsibility. That and then her talking about her relationship with sex now, I think is going to change everyone's life. So uh, explain to me what you got from that. I got that she was so traumatized that she didn't enjoy sex. Mm. She didn't like sex. She put it off until the final hour. She didn't get why all of her friends were saying, oh my God, I have so many orgasms. And she, she couldn't be present. No. And it actually was scary and painful and it brings back trauma And that has been my relationship with sex. Like, I genuinely feel like when people talk about sex, it's, like, different than the experiences that I've had. Mm. And it's so nice to have someone who's experienced trauma. I mean, it's not nice. It's fucking awful that she has. But it's nice that she's talking about this. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to – I think she says with her husband now, like, he knows that it has to start in the brain for me. Mm. Like, it just – if you've been an assault survivor, and even if you haven't – like, your relationship with sex can be so damn complicated, but I feel like women are taught to perform, and you really do feel like you're fucked up, you're broken, or there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. if you are not experiencing sex the way that other women do. What totally. did you take from that? No, I love that she talked about it like that, especially since we viewed her as this sexual icon who loved sex and was promiscuous and sexy and flirty, and the fact that she really wasn't experiencing that at all, and inside she was having PTSD when she had sex it, it's awful but it's really beautiful that she spoke about it then we get also we're going to talk about the boarding schools but at boarding school she was i actually didn't know this term digital rape yeah i didn't know that either do you know what that is now yeah okay i had to google it i didn't know and then her fucking sex tape traumatizing that was actually the way that she writes about pink i didn't know that pink song was about her i watched the music video today so it's pink stupid girls it's really gross how does it go it's i remember the song It's basically like the music video and the song it's like stupid stupid girl like you want to lose weight and then it's like pink at the like on the treadmill being strong and it shows women in the bathroom puking themselves like i just want to be skinny and eating disorders can't be a mocked like that it's yeah. not that simple and also like we live in a world in which women are told that this is what we're supposed to yeah. be but then we're blamed for it yeah and then she said that line that we read in the book where's the ambition mm. and this all happened around that time where her sex tape got sold without her permission yeah. which to me is sexual assault to yeah. me that that's that's 100%. Yeah. That's her name, likeness, body, everything. And that's- she didn't even want to film it in the first place. And that also shows the pressure that so many women face mm-hmm. to be sexual and to perform in relationships. Mm. Is he going to break up with me if I'm not making the sex tape? He threatened it. He's like, well, yeah. I'll go I'll go find Any someone else. Any woman would do this for me. So, And she's young else. and she loved him. So, of course, she's going to do it. Right. And then... The blame got put on her as a stupid girl instead of she wasn't even 21 years old. Mm. You're a pervert downloading a sex tape of a she child. Was a teen. She was a teen. Yeah. Of a Teenager. child, basically. Yeah. But we're blaming her. She went through it. The boarding school was the kicker for me. Like, I know everything was awful, but the oh, boarding God. school and her parents sending her, starting with the kidnapping, um, she ha- she can't sleep to this day because of that kidnapping. I mean, how could you ever? That is everyone's worst nightmare is to be dragged out of your bed in the middle of the night by strangers. Okay, so would you do that to your child? No. Thank you. 
No. It's the most fucked up thing. I don't care how many times she snuck out. I don't care how many times she went and partied. You as a fucking parent need to figure it out. You don't send someone to grab her by the ankles in the middle of the night and say, if you fight with me, I'm going to handcuff you and take you away in a fucking SUV. And then the amount of times she broke out of there and was emaciated and abused and also... The fact that her parents didn't realize, like, oh, something must be wrong with this place. She keeps running away. Right. Instead, they were like, something's wrong with her. Right. And it's like, I get the whole... So, backstory, if you haven't read it, she got sent to these boarding schools that were so wildly abusive, and they would sexually assault them. The the older guards would watch them shower Shower and, like, make nasty comments. Yeah. And they were, like, forced to do manual labor all day. Like, it wasn't school. It literally reminded me of a concentration camp. Yeah. They would pull them in the middle of the night and do vaginal exams on the girls and just laugh at them. And, like, they'd have to walk... They did a three-day hike with 80-pound backpacks on. Paris wasn't allowed shoes. They did this thing called the wrap every day where they screamed violently at each other. And then they had to exploit each other's deepest, darkest secrets and call each other the nastiest names. And if they didn't do it, they were yelled by the staff that they were pussies or bitches. Like, what is going on there? It's so it's psychological torture. It's physical abuse. She was at three of these schools. And it's... So wildly fucked up what she endured, but it's this, she advocates a lot for it now, Mm -hmm. what's called like the troubled teen industry. And basically these schools were taking so much money. I mean, think about how much the Hiltons paid to have Paris here and would fucking torture them. And it was like, it was false advertisement. Like the pictures online would be Mm -hmm. like a beautiful ranch with animals Mm -hmm. and and they get there and it's like a fucking prison. But my question also is like, Aaron, if you're a parent and you want your kid to go to a school like that, aren't you going to tour the school? Yeah. I'm a little confused as to how they had like, you can tell when a school is a rundown prison. Basically. Yeah. The fact that this was legal in any way, uh, how did people not know how, uh, how did it stay so secret? I mean, they, they were brainwashing the kids and the parents. They were prepping them like, your kids are going to say this, this, and this. Don't let them do this, this, and this. They're liars. They're this. They're that. God. It's she- so beyond. It's so beyond. And what a resilient bitch to escape. Like, that girl just kept- She climbed walls. She ran through forests barefoot. She didn't eat. She was so resourceful. Not only that, so basically the schools make the parents give up medical power of attorney. Mm. So they drug them and they inject them at any fucking time. And if you didn't take the pill, you got fucking reamed. And then if you saw someone not take their pill, you had to rat on them during the rap session. Or you would... it, it, it It made me so... That part of the book was really hard to read. Right. And... She says in the book that she that her parents have never apologized for sending her there. They, they say, haven't. They say, I'm sorry that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, that's not going to cut it. But then she says, and I guess I haven't formally apologized for sneaking out so much. Like, I don't feel like that apology is really warranted. Or no, she's a child. She's learning. She's figuring things out. Her parents job is to protect her and not send her away to a place where they are torturing her. Yeah. Right. And. If your kid is sneaking out, like maybe sit down and talk to your child, maybe, you know, do family therapy, be around your kids more. Maybe don't live at the fucking Waldorf in New York City. These parents suck. Move out of New York. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like go to a fucking home in the suburbs where there's not, you know, One Oak and all these clubs that she can run around And like ground her. Like ground, like. It just is like the parents could have done so much more and the fact that she's able to forgive them i'm sorry if my parents sent me there i don't think no, there's any way no, i would ever forgive no. them. no and she i feel like she needs to because she needs them she like needs that love you know because she loves them so much yeah but i couldn't forgive that no so much so that the like police were called and our parents still didn't believe her and then the dad <sighs> picks her up because she what a boss bitch, by the way. She yeah. whispers in his ear, if you don't get me out of here before I'm 18, I'm telling the Wall Street Journal. There you go. And all they cared about was their Which, family Which, by name. the way, if he was so concerned about the Wall Street Journal knowing, he must have known that something was pretty fucked up at that school. There I'm we sorry. Go. I am canceling her parents. Yeah, they're canceled. Goodbye. They're fucking canceled. Yeah, we don't. 
we don't like you. You're mean. And then the parallel also between Brittany and Paris. Paris literally says in the book, I could have ended up in a conservatorship like Brittany. What did you think about that? I mean, it was the next step. It's kind of like they sent these girls away and manipulated them and drugged them until they did exactly what they want. I mean, I don't think what Paris's family did is that far off. No, it's not. It's not. At all. It's absolutely not. She just figured out a way out of it. Yeah. Not Britney's fault that she didn't, but it really is showing, it's illuminating all of these teens in the spotlight that have insane families. Insane families, and then also what the media does to them. Like, her DUI, first of all, that fucking devastated me, because I feel like the whole story that was spun, at least the way that I remember it, was like... I thought that she must have been like really wasted, got mm-hmm. a DUI. She had one drink yeah. at a closing party yeah. for one of her like films or whatever. And she blew like literally yeah. barely the legal limit. Barely. And not only like she got worse treatment than most people would if they weren't a celebrity. They just wanted to prove a point. The judge was about to retire and wanted to prove a point. Yeah, and like they were taking videos of her in prison. And exploit someone in their darkest moment like that. Like, I I think it's really fucked up that we do that to celebrities. Obviously, if you're Harvey Weinstein, like, yeah, people want to see you walk into the jail because you're a sick fuck. But, like, Khloe Kardashian's DUI, it's like, Mm. do you really need paparazzi in someone's face that they're fucking, like, at one of their lowest moments? Yeah. And they feel so much shame already. And she was, because she was in solitary or they called it OBS, observation at the school. And then she felt like being back in prison, she was put in solitary and she was getting horrible PTSD. She was having panic attacks. She couldn't breathe. I mean, God bless her. Did she ever go to therapy or anything? I feel like she talked about a doctor for ADHD. I haven't yeah, heard. A therapist. I hope she's in there. I'm like, Paris, you can be my client. I know. Paris? I feel up. like she's figured out her way through a lot of it by shutting a lot of things out, honestly. But that's how she protected herself. And creating this, like, false persona of, like, dumb, ditzy mm-hmm. blonde with the baby voice. Yeah, which is That not, is not her No, her voice. voice is low. Yeah. Low. But that's, that was her protective mechanism. And so much of it made sense in the fact that she was able to, as a writer, look back on her life and make this meaning, like, this is going to sound mean, but I just have to say it. Sometimes I look at her fashion choices, or I did, and yeah, I used same. to think, like, baby girl, what, what are it, you yeah. wearing? But then we get it. In the book, she says, I literally lost a year of my life, yeah. a pivotal year yeah, in trends and whatever. So she came out not knowing what the mm. trends were. And then she said, like, I earned that extra. Yeah, you fucking did, bitch. If I were, like, imprisoned and tortured and abused, I would wear all the shit that she wears, too. And the sunglasses inside, I also thought, like, wow, Paris wears sunglasses a lot. It's her protection. Mm, She feels, like, safe behind them. This book reminded me that Paris was, like, the OG influencer. Like, she invented influencing. She invented the selfie, technically. She made Kim Kardashian, let's be fucking honest. Yeah, she made her. Like, she came from a wealthy family, but she also suffered countless years of abuse as a child. And this book, like, completely changed the way that I view her, and I respect her so much. I respect her so goddamn fucking much. Paris for president. And you know what I also loved is how at the end of the book, she talks about, like, how fucked up so many people were to her, and then Mm. she says... I've made mistakes. I've said things that I, you know, I really regret. And she talks about how embarrassed that she was that she didn't vote in the Trump. Mm -hmm. I think it was, was it Trump Obama? Yes. Election. And she talks about like how we need to offer ourselves grace and move forward. She's so unapologetic. And I feel like we don't get that in these days of cancel culture. Mm -hmm. It becomes, you said that thing 15 years ago. And she says like, own up to it. Do the work. Hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. Apologize. Give yourself grace. Move on. I feel like we don't see that now. Yeah. Like, I get scared of that. I'm like, is someone going to, like, find something from me, like, 15 years ago and try to, like, run with that? You never know. worry about that? Yeah, all the time. I also feel like that's something that an OCD theme can latch on to. A thousand percent. Like, am I going to be canceled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for us, it's actually, like, reality because we're public figures. LOL. (laughs) What? 
I'm laughing at me, not you. Why? Public figures. You're a, you have more putting, followers putting than I do. Putting it in quotations. You have more followers Public than I Public figure. You were just at a fucking rally with Brian Cranston. Shut up. Yeah, Brian Cranston is my father. That's why I was there with him. <laughs> he birthed me. It was bring your daughter to work day, okay? Daddy, daughter. In my freaking dreams. You are a public figure. Okay, I like You were the face of insider food. With the co-host. That's hot. Okay. Get That's it. hot. That's hot. Have you ever heard of sliving? I've never... I see it on her Instagram, and I just think it's iconic. And let's also talk about the fact that she fucking met Carter. Love. Oh, my God. So sweet, sweet. Love. And they want kids so bad. I hope they get them. You know what's actually so fucking ironic, and it pissed me off? I was at the beach. I was at Coney Island with my friends, and I was reading the memoir. And then I heard these people behind me talking, and they were talking about Paris. And oh, they said, wow. "Oh, she had a surrogate because she like didn't want her body to get." Oh wait, she up. had kids. She oh, did. I didn't know she, she, went she did. A surrogate. Yeah, I think she's a six month old named like Felix or something. Only one. As of now, one. Aww. I know, and it makes me so sad because she really struggled with fertility. Yeah, she didn't choose that. That's no, probably the only pe- way she could she have it. She wanted it more than anything, and it also like. Thinking about how, like, the media will comment, like, oh, is Paris pregnant? And how, like, how devastating must that be? Mm. Like, when that's all you want. When that's all you want to see that. The media's It's reckless. the fucking devil. And they make so much money. And I'm glad that, like, Instagram, at least, has come about so Paris can, like, take her power back in that Hell life. yeah. Hell if yeah. If you post, then it takes away, like, uh-huh. it's like, I already put this image out there. It's mine. So, fuck you. Should we have another spritz? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to make us another spritz. We want to bring Paris on. Yeah, we're like We're dying in the midst her. of discussions. We don't know if it's going to happen, but... Pray for us. I have to say, Paris is one of the most resilient people. And I just think to get through adversity like that and still shine is like unfathomable. Her strength is legendary. We admire her. I admire her so fucking much. What would you rate this? Wow. I really thought it was going to be not what it is. And I would give it like a solid 4.2. Yeah. I would say, honestly, I think I'm going to give it like a 4.4, 4.5 for the way that she was able to make meaning out of her past and put it on the page Mm. for her vulnerability. And she's a good writer. Yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed. Yeah, by the her. first fifty pages made it not so much a five out of five, but yeah. it was very fucking good. Abso, absolutes. So we've been like slacking on the Instagram because we both have full time jobs. But now my union's on strike, but I'm still doing like eighty and things. We have a call with our girly yeah. Courtney. Social media. So we're gonna start posting more sad girls. We're sorry we've been MIA. We're gonna respond to all your DMs. Thank you for being so sweet and kind and engaging and giving us recommendations. We freaking love you. And look out for our merch. You're gonna absolutely gag. It's iconic. Should we give a hint or no? You give a hint. Um, I'm gonna go with Prozac and iced coffee, and that's all I have to say. Dun 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 dun. Two of my favorite things. Two of my favorite things, Daddy. This Barbie takes Prozac. This Barbie suffers with existential thoughts. This Barbie when, has OCD. When she goes, when she goes, I was just thinking about death. I screamed. Dead. Screamed. Everybody was like, what? what? We love you, sad girls. We love you, daddies. Have a good day. Have a fine day. Have a day that you're having. Bye, Barbie. Bye, sad girls. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe and follow our show. It's the way that we can get the word out about our sad girl podcast and more sad girls can find their community. And if you'd like to follow us on other platforms, we're on Instagram at sad girls who read and TikTok at sad girls. Good books. We love you, sad girls.